You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. A number of opportunities for master's level pharmacologists exist in the pharmaceutical industry, biotechnology companies, government agencies, research laboratories, and academic programs. Introducing the Master of Science in Pharmacology program from the University of California, Irvine, UCI. The knowledge acquired in the Master of Science in Pharmacology program would also benefit those seeking employment in industry or advancement in teaching, technical and scientific writing, patenting, or pharmaceutical sales and marketing. Fall registration is now open. Apply today at sites.uci.edu slash mspharmacology to learn more and reserve your seat by June 15th, 2020. That's sites.uci.edu slash mspharmacology and reserve your seat today. The deadline is June 15th, 2020. So... Today is going to be an awesome episode because I am joined by um, a good friend of mine who I haven't talked to in, in, in a little bit. It's been a minute. Uh, this is Major Dylan Bryant of the U.S. Air Force. He is a pharmacist in the United States Air Force. Uh, Major, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. This is a, I think it's going to be a fun interview. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, so just to give a little background, uh, the major and I uh, served together on on a, on a deployment recently, and we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit about that uh, later in the episode. Uh, we were able to to help a lot of people uh, set up a little a little mobile pharmacy, and uh, and see a lot of people and, and do a lot of good stuff. So just by way of introduction, uh, Major Bryant is a pharmacist for the United States Air Force, and he practices uh, pharmacy in the state of Kansas. He's a, he's a member of the, the Colorado National Guard, Air National Guard, and that's, uh, that's kind of how me and him hooked up um, my unit here in Salt Lake City and his unit uh, got tasked to deploy together to uh, a country in Africa and and yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. So, uh, Major Bryant, if you just by starting off, if you could just tell us uh, kind of what you do uh, as a pharmacist and and you know how you've gotten to where you're at in your career. Yeah, so um, I've definitely had a pretty wide and varied uh, uh, experience or career in pharmacy so far. Um, currently, I work as a relief pharmacist to rural western Kansas. Um, I float around between independent pharmacies on the community side. Uh, I do work with a couple chains, um, most notably like our, our Kroger brand store here in Kansas. And uh, I also backfill at our hospital some uh, as far as uh, um, just, just as they need it. And so I do that on the civilian side and, and kind of bounce around and build my own schedule. And then on the military side, I work with a disaster relief unit, or what we're called a SURF-P unit, which is a, uh, simply put, a, a no-notice response team to any kind of disaster that includes biological, chemical, or nuclear warfare agents. Um, so that's that's kind of what I do now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where did you where did you kind of start off in pharmacy? Yeah, so I started off in pharmacy. Uh, 
back in 2006 when I was just still an undergrad and I was looking for a job and I was really interested in pharmacy and so I, I just kind of applied everywhere and ended up getting a job as a technician um, was kind of a major chain and worked with them for quite a while and then I, I got into pharmacy school in 2008 and, and stayed as an intern there in, in the retail setting. The interesting thing is, is I thought that I was just going to continue that realm and, and go on into retail after pharmacy school, but uh, what, one day they announced that they were having a career fair. I think it was at my second year in pharmacy school, and I wasn't really planning on going because I'd already figured I had, knew where I was going to end up, but we got excused from some classes, uh, some kind of uh, free excusals if we went to this career fair that was actively interviewing, and so people went very dressed up. I honestly just went in, like, T-shirts and shorts just, just to get the free day and, and, and to get some free pens. I wasn't thinking anything. <laughs> For the for the swag, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I was just like, hey, free day. I signed my paper. I showed up. I'm doing my thing. Um, so I ended up uh, seeing the uh, Air Force recruiter table. Uh, wasn't really many people around, so I started talking to them. I had some family that was military and had some buddies in the Air Force that never really thought about it on the medical side. So I just started talking like, hey, what are you doing here? And so they started telling me about military pharmacy and and what they had to offer and the, the kind of things that he was kind of pushing there. And he pushed the, the what's called the Health Professional Scholarship Program. So I came home after this career fair, after talking with uh, this recruiter for half a day, and I look at my wife and I go, what do you think if I join the Air Force? Um, and the funny thing, both my wife and my parents and everybody at home is, you know, isn't the military something you – go into when you don't know what you want to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, was, it, was, it was kind of a foreign thought uh, of going in, you know, after you've received a, a doctorate level education um, to then uh, join. But, uh, you know, I kind of told her that we can travel a little bit. We can try some different things, and she was fully supportive. So I applied for that program and got accepted. So after I graduated pharmacy school, I went right into active duty went down to training in Alabama and then to my first duty station out at Field Air Force Base in Colorado, or California, sorry. And um, there I served as chief of pharmacy of their uh, outpatient side. They had a little ambulatory clinic there that serviced both active duty members, their dependents, and retirees of the area. So I ran that. I also was the lead clinical pharmacist. So I ran a few disease state clinics. Uh, there at Beal. Um, and then it kind of dabbed into some more uh, military things with, uh, I, was, I was kind of a fatigue management special with both our Intel squadrons and our high altitude reconnaissance program. And got to do some neat things there. Spent some time up at uh, Isleson Air Force Base in Alaska uh, working with uh, some, uh, a joint exercise that we do up there. And then also spent some time in the Mediterranean with our high altitude reconnaissance program doing some specialty missions. And at the end of my um, active duty commitment that I had, my initial commitment, there were some unforeseen things that happened back home that kind of forced us to separate at the end of the commitment from active duty, come back home to take care of the family farm and ranch. And I went back to the uh, chain retail pharmacy 
but did stay in the Air National Guard. Initially, I was at a unit in Delaware um, where we were just a mobility unit. We uh, didn't had some, uh, um, no, no real specific pharmacy mission, just a small medical support squadron that supported the uh, flyers and, and, and folks that were running out on missions there. And then uh, about a year after that, I felt the need to get a little closer to home to Kansas and had that spot open in the surf P unit out at Buckley Air Force Base in Aurora, Colorado, and attached onto that, uh, all maintaining the retail side of it for um, a few years until about a year ago where I branched off and did this release thing so that I could kind of build my own schedule between military, farm, ranch, family life. You know, it was, it, it was becoming a whole lot to try to balance all that without having much say so in my schedule. And then this release gig has really given me the freedom to make sure that I'm, I'm taking care of everything and, and, and still, you know, enjoying what I'm doing. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that sounds, that sounds amazing. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like your entry into, into the pharmacy world also uh, opened a lot of other doors uh, of, of cool experiences that you've, you've been able to, to do throughout your life. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I, I feel very fortunate and I feel like I'm kind of one of those uh, right time, right place kind of guys. I've got to experience some things that I never would have thought possible for most career fields, let alone pharmacy. Um, you know, kind of just tried to, keep an open mind within the opportunity that it came. I have, I'm fortunate and I have a, a great support system at home with my wife and kids. They're, they're really on board with anything that I do. So it's, it's allowed me some freedom to really go and, and get some cool experiences out there. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and I, I definitely appreciate everything that you do. If, if, uh, for those listening, if, if you didn't catch that, uh, Major Bryant is also a uh, cattle rancher. Is that right? Cattle cattle rancher, a farmer is is that the correct terminology? A farmer is yeah the correct terminology. We, we raise uh, red Angus for beef. Um, here we we manage farm, but we kind of got out of the act of farming a few years ago, just with changes of expenses and and scope of what we wanted to do out there. But still still work the cattle. We like say get out on horses and do everything kind of the old-fashioned way and um, get, get out in the middle of nowhere away from cell phones and electronics and just kind of kind of get some peace and quiet and move some cows every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds like a dream come true, honestly. It'd be nice to be able to get out, get away for a little bit. <laughs> well, um, so, so remember, when you guys go to the store – and you know, pick out your steak that you're gonna have because you're on quarantine and there's nothing else you can do. Remember where that came from. Uh, Major Bryant's one of those people that uh, he he's working hard to make sure that you can enjoy that with your family. So keep that in mind. Um, so speaking of experiences, uh, you've, you've, we've talked a little bit about some experiences you've had. What are some that stand out the most in your mind? Not necessarily just from pharmacy, although if there are some pharmaceutical-related ones, that'd be awesome. But uh, yeah, just throughout your career in the military and, and civilian side, what uh, is there anything that kind of stands out? Yeah. Um, so on the military side, uh, kind of even just away from pharmacy, the the general experience that really stands out is the diversity of people that you get to meet and work with in the military. 
you know, every duty station that I've been at, every assignment I've been at, I've been forced into a situation around people that aren't necessarily, you know, my normal peer group, um, you know, as far as uh, really any category, but I've got to work with people from every different part of the, the United States, almost every different part of the world. Um, and it, it, it's really interesting how easy it is when everybody kind of comes in with the same direction, even despite differences, how uh, great everybody can work and get along. And I, I've learned probably more about life through the people I've worked with than any of my actual experiences. Um, but some of the experiences I'll, I'll kind of key on two, uh, two or three, I guess, right now that have really been memorable, and, and this is going to be kind of on the military side again, is uh, so there was one day when I said I got to, you know, kind of hang out in Alaska for a little bit. It actually was by happenstance. Our functional in San Antonio gave my boss a call one day and said, hey, we need a pharmacist up in Alaska tomorrow. Uh, do you have anybody that would do it? And my boss said, well, you know, and I was Captain Brian at the time. He goes, I think Captain Brian would um, if we, we ask him. And uh, they called me in the office and said, hey, uh, we need you on the next flight out to Alaska. We need you here by tomorrow morning. And I go, yeah, uh, you know, as long as I can take the rest of the day off and figure out what the heck to do with <laughs> everything here at home. Um, my wife was actually five months pregnant at the time, so I kind of had to get her quick blessing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of important. Yeah, and they didn't really tell me what I was doing or why I was going up there, why it was so short notice. Um, and so we, we cleaned up every loose end there. I went home, got everything figured out for my wife here. The plan was that she was just going to hold tight until I figured out what I was doing up there, and then we'd probably bring her up to meet me. And uh, I hopped on a flight to Alaska, landed in Fairbanks and at about 1 a.m., got in a rental car. My One thing they don't tell you is when you get up in the interior of Alaska, uh, GPS units aren't, they don't come stocked or defaulted with maps of all of Alaska. So I thought I was going to be real savvy. Uh, I knew there wasn't going to be much cell phone reception, so I bought a, a Garmin GPS unit before I did. Uh, but got up there and it just became useless because it didn't have any maps for Alaska. <laughs> so I, fortunately, once you leave the airport, there's only two directions you can go. You can either go towards Anchorage or the other way. <laughs> and so I headed out the other way until I, I ran into Allison Air Force Base and probably got there between two and three in the morning. They put me up in a house and I, I reported to duty the next day to try to figure out what was going on. Uh, what ended up happening is uh, they had a critical deficit left by um, a, a pharmacist that they had there that had to leave on, on short notice, and they were coming into the big red flag exercises that they do every year up there, where um, joint multi-nation exercises where you know can have I don't know what the, the normal numbers are, but I think some of our exercises had nine different nations um, involved in, and so they they needed someone up there to fill. Uh, the uh, DNT flight commander is what it's called, so anything that's over pharmacy, lab, and radiology. So I got to work with um, a lot of Southeast Asian countries. So I think we had Japan, Taiwan, um, and uh, uh, plus a bunch of 
fighter jets and, and A-10 crews and stuff from all over the U.S. military all came up to play some kind of war games up there, and, and we all kind of worked together and to, to go through the exercises. And I got to work specifically with some units from Japan on making sure that they got their uh, F-16s back to Japan all in one trip. And um, we got a, some really cool interactions, experiences, and and uh, just an all-around awesome time while I was up there. Wow. Yeah, that sounds like it. Um, there was another uh, experience, and, and we'll probably go into it more, but um, we had that, that African lion deployment last year, which was a, 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 an awesome experience. And that was one that, you know, the, the Utah Guard typically goes on. But they needed some help, I think, because their surf P unit was going through an exival and uh, reached out to our unit in Colorado, got a group of us involved, and, and uh, that was that, you know, we got one email that said, are you interested? And as soon as we replied, yes, and then they, they kind of sent us on our way pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it wasn't the, the most notice that we got, but, man, it was, it was a pretty awesome experience. You guys at the Utah Guard were great. Um, I just, I don't think I had anybody that wasn't welcomed, welcoming to me out there. They're just a great bunch of people, and, and we got to do a pretty cool thing there, working kind of that rural healthcare mission in, in uh, eastern Morocco, which was, was awesome in itself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, definitely an experience that I, I won't forget. And that's a good segue. We can kind of talk about that a little bit. So um, we, myself and Major Bryant, we uh, were in charge of basically setting up a little, I don't know, how would you best describe it? Like a, a basically a small community pharmacy, like a miniature community pharmacy, essentially? Yeah, just, it was, it, you know, you're general outpatient meds uh, you know there's some services that were, were outside of general but, but yeah i would say a community type pharmacy in a tent in the desert yeah yeah middle of the desert we do need to back up just a little bit because when i came on i thought i was the only pharmacist and i was told that i didn't have any other pharmacy staff and oh, really? like i think i think there's this guy that's a pharmacy technician not with the military, but I think he, he knows some pharmacy. And uh, that's when I you know, started uh, asking around everybody because, you know, we weren't introduced, I don't think, until we probably were actually in Kata together. Yeah. Um, and so, so that whole trip leading up, I was asking everybody, I was like, does anybody know this pharmacy tech that we supposedly have here? And <laughs> am I going to have some help? <laughs> I was, when, when I finally came in contact with you, it was, it was uh, a big uh, load off my plate uh, as far as what I, you know, had for expectations because uh, um, you were kind of this mythical uh, helper that I didn't know if I actually had or not uh, until the, the day came. That's funny. I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought. Uh, I thought that they'd they'd briefed you a little bit before. Yeah. I. Uh... So at the time, I, you know, uh, I had barely decided that I wanted to go into pharmacy. And so um, I had gotten my technician license uh, like the year before. And uh, I, I only worked in a pharmacy for maybe three or four months. And then I stopped and then I, I didn't do anything pharmacy related until that deployment, actually. Um, I, I'd gotten into school already. 
Yeah, so uh, I was I was also in a medical squadron, um, but doing more of uh, like patient intake stuff, you know, uh, front front desk check in type of thing, administration. And so um, in my squadron, you know, it's it's kind of similar to yours, where it's just a small little clinic. Um, uh, for those listening, and we can kind of talk about this later too. Uh, the military, it's it's a unique beast. Um, it's not you know just cut and dried. So in 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 terms of pharmacy, you know, not everywhere that there's an air force base uh, or a military base are you going to have you know a nice set up pharmacy to to do stuff. It just kind of depends on where you're at. And so yeah, my squadron uh, it was just you know we didn't have a pharmacy. There's no there's no uh, AFSC for for that and uh, but when we started to go on this trip one thing that's cool about the military especially with these small you know humanitarian missions that you get to do uh, they kind of just take who they have and especially being a member of the National Guard um, you're not that's not a full-time job like it is being in the active duty military it uh, you're you're a part-time airman and so you usually go one weekend a month Um to, to serve in the military and then the other time you're you're just you're just you you know out in the out in the out in the world doing whatever job you do so they'll they'll put these missions together and and you know just take who they have and if they say yep we need a doctor we need a, a pharmacist you know we need a, a rad tech we need this and that you know whoever has experience they'll kind of take and and just put to work so yeah, I uh, I just spoke up. I this was the first time that they said uh, we're gonna implement a pharmacy in the mission because I had gone the year before also, and that they didn't have that. It was uh, I don't even know what they did for for the medicine. Actually, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't involved in that at all. Yeah, um, especially now after after having done that, that was. That was a lot of work. We worked really, really hard. We were we were doing what? How many hours a day do you think we were doing? Like 14, 14 hour days? Yeah, at least because the the clinic was eight, um, give or take. And then you know we were the first ones on site and the last ones to leave, uh, just yep. because yep. The, the pharmacy took so much extra logistics and manpower compared to every other portion of the hospital. Yep. Yep, that's true. So uh, to to put things in perspective, let me I'll give a quick rundown of what we did. So uh, myself and Major Bryant, we were kind of the American pharmacy team um, on this mission. We uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to work with uh, Moroccan uh, military members who who also had a. a well, there's more of them than there were of, of, of the two of us. Um, they they honestly did most of the of the brute force work and and a lot of the clinical work. Um, But, you know, basically our mission was to set up this tent and we had boxes and box. I I don't even, I can't even tell you how many, you know, units of medication we got. It was, so we'd set up this tent and this metal, these metal shelves, you know, metal shelving tables, whatever. And, and, the operation grew over, you know, throughout the the week and or two weeks that we were there as we started to learn what worked and what didn't. But yeah, essentially we we were tasked with setting up a pharmacy in a tent in the middle of the uh, the hot desert, you know, wind whipping sand into our face every day and being dehydrated and stuff, and serving uh, you know community members of the of the region we were at. Uh, you know, give it, getting them the medication that they need. 
for for whatever you know the doctors prescribed to them and uh it was uh man that was that was a mountain to climb if i have ever seen one before and it would have been enough on its own just as it was but not only did we have the logistics of it and and when we say we were busy we were dispensing between two to three thousand medications a day which is outrageous by any any you know united states uh, standards but we did it with all the medicines bought within country so all of our labels were either in arabic or french we didn't have anything english some of the medications don't even exist in the united states aren't fda approved so we didn't know that and what our so we had to coordinate everything with our moroccan counterparts who either spoke arabic french or berber couple of them spoke English, a couple of them better than others. <laughs> and then uh, yep. <laughs> you know, all the patient population was mostly Arabic or Berber. Uh, um, a few of them, would, especially the younger kids, were more likely to speak French. But um, I'll put a, uh, a plug in for your host. Um, more so than most, uh, Tyler there was uh, learning some Arabic. You were, you were actually communicating to some of the locals and in Arabic and, 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 and helping people understand how to take it and how many times a day, pretty, pretty basic and rudimentary, but you were really, uh, immersing yourself into that experience. It's, it's true. It was, uh, it was, you know, it, standing back. Cause I remember the first, the first few days, you know, we, we'd kind of figured out, okay, we want to put the drugs here and, and we were kind of figuring out the flow of, of when the patients would come in and, you know, hand us their little, wadded up paper uh, prescription big huge air quotes around that by the way if you you can't see that over but uh you know scribbled in 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 sometimes arabic sometimes english you know what medication to give them and trying to decipher all of that and then you know these people that we would serve uh getting the medication i mean you know uh just very humble and and you know very rural people uh that you know we we had no idea about people's education level if they could read if they could you know speak things like that uh with a lot of you know diverse medical issues also and so just the first couple days i just kind of would stand back and take it in and then you know i i just i realized that there was a need um that we could we could fill and an opportunity to uh, help serve these people, and so <laughs> I would I would rip off uh, I would rip off uh, parts of cardboard boxes that we'd have we'd get the medication in and just get a pen and uh, I would grab one of the Moroccan army people that we were with and I'd just ask them you know how do you say uh, take this with water how do you say this will make you poop how do you say this and that you know what I mean. And uh, th- they were more than happy to. I have a picture of your your cardboard labels. I'm, I'm, I, I was going through our pictures, and I still have all your little cheat sheets of, yeah. of communication on there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a really fun experience, and uh, I can't say that I I remember you know much of of what I learned to speak to people, but uh, it was definitely humbling and uh, an awesome opportunity to be able to branch out and and apply myself 
even though at that time I, I'd barely gotten accepted to pharmacy school, so I wasn't technically an intern in the United States yet, you know, licensed. But uh, it was very cool to be able to serve with Major Bryant under his tutelage, and he was always there. I remember I would, we'd just be thronged with people, just hordes of people, you know, grab, trying to grab us and shove, you know, papers in our face saying, I need this, I need this. And uh, if, you know, if I'd get overwhelmed or if I had a clinical question, you know, can you can you inject omeprazole into into the abdomen? Because like Major Bryant said, some, we had drugs. That, we had interesting drugs. Yeah, we had some interesting stuff uh, that, that people would people would need. And uh, anyway, I I'd just look over my shoulder and Major Bryant would be there, you know, just standing there and, and or either talking to someone. And I just say. He's captain at the time. Uh, uh, I'd say, "Hey, Cap, that was." I, I don't know. I don't know if he got annoyed with me saying that, but uh, I'd, I'd just say, "Hey, Cap," and he'd come right over and say, "Oh, yep, this is what you need." He was just so calm. You were so calm and and professional. You weren't overwhelmed. I mean, I, internally, you were probably overwhelmed, but you didn't let that show. And uh, yeah, so can you uh, just let's let's get a little more specific. Can you kind of explain how that experience went for you and, uh, you know, things that you wish we would have done or, or um, things that you were proud of that we did do in, in terms of like a clinical perspective? Yeah. So, um, you know, things that uh, we did well, obviously, we like we, we helped a ton of people and we got. Uh, uh, folks at least, you know, um, an idea of some of their ailments that they're coming in. You know, these people don't get to see doctors. They don't get to see any kind of health professionals. And we can kind of show them that they could be helped, even though we were there for just a short amount of time. Uh, we did work a lot with kind of the local liaisons to the governments or hospitals or, you know, folks within the provinces and, and uh, um, you know, at least showed a presence of that, that folks were out there and that, you know, there is help for, you know, when people are feeling bad or uncomfortable. And uh, we were able to help a lot of people in a short amount of time. Um, we got a, it, kind of that thing where you just get thrown into people or thrown into situations with, you know, people you don't know. You know, we had to work with all those uh, Moroccan folks that, really didn't speak the same language as us, and, or they, they could speak our language a hell of a lot better than we could speak theirs. And uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, from day one, other than some uh, minor uh, discrepancies, we were able to pretty much all move in the same direction as one right off the bat, which just absolutely amazed me. Um, it was pretty interesting to see what, you know, at the basic level, we kind of get spoiled, I think, in the U.S. as far as what 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 cares out there and what we do, but you know what the needs of some of these uh, extremely rural and remote people are. You know how exciting it was to see a pair of glasses, to get a pair of glasses, um, or just to even have somebody that would sit down and talk to you. Because some of them really, as you remember, didn't have a lot wrong with them, but they just heard you could go and sit down and people would talk with you. You know, and and you could you could say anything that you were interested about, and they would. Uh, uh, listen to him. So, you know, just having that kind of community involvement I thought was awesome. Um, I do kind of wish, you know, now seeing what people's uh, needs were and what uh, the main focuses of disease from or, or ailments from some of the uh, smaller communities were, 
I wish we would have had a little more play into our, our formulary. You know, we had a very limited, a very closed formulary to work from. And there's definitely some changes that I would make to that if I were to ever do something like that again. Uh, you know, it, not just to the type of medications that we carry on these missions, but also the quantities. I feel like we were probably a little lopsided in some medications where we could have used those funds towards others. Um, but otherwise, you know, for, for basically the setup that we had and the, the resources that we had, it was pretty amazing. And this, this pharmacy, I don't know how much uh, was such on it, serviced an entire field hospital where they were doing uh, minor surgeries, tooth extractions, vision exams where they're handing out glasses, women's health, cardiology. I mean, we had a little bit of everything. It was pretty amazing to see everything come together. And, and we were the only pharmacy resource for all those different parts. So I thought it was just like one of the most like absolute chaotic but, but on task situations that I've ever been a part of. And, and I think everybody, you know, came out of it having a good time, you know, as far as the mission there. You know, it, it, a, there weren't any huge hiccups uh, for uh, what we were doing in the tents there. Things flowed. You know, we ran out of medications, but that was just by volume. <laughs> but uh, um, no, yeah. uh, I, I thought it was a, a pretty amazing experience all the way around on that. Yeah, I I definitely agree. We uh, we could probably do you know a, a whole series about that experience but uh i think it's important to kind of keep things you know personal and just kind of recollect on them for yourself and and think about how cool they were um but i yeah i definitely agree with you one of the most humbling things that i remember was uh that and kind of saddening too was uh, our tent our pharmacy tent was it was so this field hospital was kind of built in like a U shape, if you guys can imagine this. And the pharmacy tent was the very last tent that everyone would hit before they would, you know, hit the road. And uh, so to give you a perspective of numbers, we, I think if I remember right, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we treated, or I think, I, not pharmacy specifically, but total number of people that were seen at this field hospital was between... 10 and 15,000. I think it was maybe like 12,000. Do you remember that, right? Uh, yeah, it was, I think, just over 12, between 12 and 13 through the yeah. time we were there. But we, we, were, we averaged a little over 1,000 a day, I believe, on, especially by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so for you people who work in pharmacy, try and imagine that, seeing 1,000 people a day. And I, I dare say, I, and I wouldn't say that every single person left with a medication, but I remember in the last couple of days of the deployment, the uh, the Moroccan general, he would come into the pharmacy and help because by that time, everybody knew that the pharmacy was the place to be. That, that was where the most people happened. And I remember him looking at us and saying, um, I don't care what these people leave with. They need to leave with something. And... <laughs> How, how, what was your take on that? Because I imagine, as you know, being a US based pharmacy manager like you've done in your past, uh, that that doesn't fly, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. And and it, it's definitely different. And the more you do military missions, you know, not to say that we're uh, do anything outside of uh, legal parameters, but we do get very creative, um, as far as 
what we do, especially when we're outside of U.S. soil, just, you know, with, with resources. And, and with these humanitarian missions, you know, uh, our, our purpose is to take care of the people. And, you know, sometimes, like I said, they're just we're wanting somebody to pay attention to them, talk to them. And if that meant uh, handing out some over-the-counter medications to them just so they didn't feel like they were walking away empty-handed when their friend had a pair of glasses and stomach medication and all that, you know, if you could get them out with some multivitamins or some ibuprofen or something and uh, uh, send them a little happier down the road, like make them feel like they've been cared for, you know, you, you can kind of feed the spirit even just by that uh, that that thought of, um, you know, they're, they did something for me, even if, you know, we really didn't do anything in our eyes that special, it ultimately made a big effect on the people that were on the receiving end of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so I, I, in terms of that, I wanted to ask you, well, I'll just say for, for those listening, for when you go throughout your pharmacy career, uh, it would behoove you to have that, that kind of caregiver mindset, kind of like how we had to do not, not in terms, like you said, not in terms of, you know, breaking the law and just handing medication out so that people feel good. But, uh, when you treat people and when you're talking to people, when you're interacting with them in whatever type of pharmacy you're going to work at, you know, hospital, clinical, small community, whatever, um, that's, that's ultimately your main goal is to take care of your patient. And, you know, if it involves just talking to them as a normal person and not trying to figure out what medication they need, but just, or just being a pair of listening ears, that's the kind of stuff that, makes all the difference um have you after after our trip major bryant did you kind of were you able to come back and kind of apply that anything you learned like that to your practice oh yeah because you know we get so caught up here um you know especially working if you, if you go into a retail pharmacy there's so many metrics uh that, that you know your district managers are harping on you know they have all the mtm stuff all the outcomes and everything is a forced perspective. Um, it's really kind of nice to get a step back and and rediscover the natural perspective of healthcare, which is I kind of feel like what, what we were doing out there because you're out there with this is what you get, take care of these people. And then and then you're just released on your own. You know, you don't have to say, well, this person is eligible for this kind of, of you know, whatever for re- insurance reimbursement. And it, it, regardless of if that patient actually needs talking to or not. So we were able to just take away all the the kind of the money-driven aspect of it and really just do the healthcare aspect of it. And it's really a breath of fresh air to get back in that environment from time to time because uh, we do get a veer away from that sometime, especially when um, retail or, or corporate systems kind of get involved. Mm-hmm. Yep, much agreed. Um, well, I, I, I honestly didn't plan on talking about that, uh, deployment as much as we have, but I'm, I'm glad that it kind of went in that direction, to be honest, cause it was good to, you know, kind of, uh, un, unpack all the feelings and stuff that I've had about it and the thoughts that I've had about it. And it's, uh, like I said, I, it was just me and Major Bryant, you know, uh, obviously we had our other units with us, but for the most part of every day for, you know, two upwards of two and a half weeks, it was just me and him, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a good time, though. Uh, it's good stuff. We'd go back yeah. in a heartbeat, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I would too. 
So one thing that I find very interesting about military pharmacy, one, you know, there's, there's the three medical branches of the military, Air Force, Army, and Navy. I'm, I'm definitely partial to the Air Force way of things, but they do operate very differently. And, and for folks that are a little unsure under what type of pharmacy to go to, the military offers a very interesting route onto that. So not only do you not really get a, a choice into your location, and then the military is going to place you where the military feels they need you. So, you know, I had no plans on going out to Northern California for my first base, but that's where the, the need was, so that's where they sent me. Uh, the other side of that is you don't know what kind of pharmacy you're getting thrown into. So we saw that on that, on our uh, uh, Morocco TDY. We didn't really know until we got there, but with the military, they can give you one assignment where you're working in your normal uh, ambulatory community-style clinic. They throw you in the next assignment, and you're doing more clinical stuff, even still on the ambulatory side. They throw you in your next assignment. You could be in the hospital pharmacy, completely different avenue with uh, really no other experience or anything needed. If there's a spot that needs to be filled there, that's where they put you. Um, interesting thing with all this. COVID stuff going on. So I'm a uh, outpatient pharmacist uh, traditionally, you know, that's my, my main area of focus. I do disaster relief when I'm putting on the uniform, but there is talk about setting up some of these uh, stand-up arena hospitals to offset patient load in different states as they handle uh, the, the COVID crisis that we have going on. And if I got uh, activated for that, I would probably be the director of a inpatient pharmacy. Hmm. And they just say, you know, we're, we're activating a week and that's where you go. So really one thing that's interesting is you get the opportunity to be more, I feel like, well-rounded as a pharmacist going in through military routes. You know, so sometimes you might call it the jack of all trades, master of none, because, you know, every few years your job is getting changed. But you really get to see nearly every aspect of pharmacy. Um, and not only do you get to see all the different traditional areas, uh, military pharmacy is much more progressive as far as pharmacist capabilities. So whereas, like kind of said, I was a clinical pharmacist, pharmacists are and have been um, fully credentialed providers in clinics in the military for many years, um, working right alongside the doctors basically functioning in a mid-level capacity under a protocol physician, but setting the appointments, seeing the patients, prescribing the medications, actually like diving into disease state management as our education now is appropriate to. So it's it's really a, uh, a very unique form of pharmacy that we don't get to see on the civilian side as much because it's not, it's it very much uh, a more diverse atmosphere and a more progressive atmosphere as far as the job. So you really get to see what this job could be and what pharmacy could be if you release some of our other, you know, regulatory constraints as far as, you know, provider status and things like that. And uh, you really get to feel like you're always a direct part of healthcare, not just kind of in the same Monday, uh, day in, day out kind of a job. It's It's really a exciting career field if, if you have the um, kind of stomach for the movement and travel aspect of it, it it's kind of a, an opportunity unlike anything else when you go into military healthcare. 
for sure. I would second that in a heartbeat. Um, and I definitely appreciate everything that you do. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't thank you enough for everything that you taught me and the good example that you were for me and a good mentor and, and leader. And, uh, I'm sure that your airmen feel the same way about you and, and, you know, people in your community for everything that you do. So I, I, uh, uh, I'd salute you, I'd air salute, <laughs> give you, give you a solid air salute there. Um, I would just second what, what major Brian is saying, uh, your experience may differ, but I think the core attributes that the, um, that you can learn being a great pharmacist like Major Bryant and, and as well, uh, you know, serving in the military, if you choose to go that route, you're going to learn great things. And if you let it, it'll, it'll, it'll help you to become a, an excellent person, someone that can excel. And as you've seen from Major Bryant's, uh, comments, if you, as you've heard, uh, this can open doors to a lot of awesome experiences, um, both within the military and, and outside in the civilian world that that uh, you probably wouldn't expect. So um, I think it's a it's a great option. It's it's definitely one that I'm uh, I'm heavily considering right now myself is is kind of following in the footsteps of Major Bryant and uh, and serving our country as a pharmacist in the Air Force. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, one of the things that you can do is uh, just get on the good old internet and, and look up the uh, Health Profession Scholarship Program. I was doing a little bit of research of it uh, on it myself yesterday. Um, you can read a little bit about it. There's uh, the Air Force that does it. I th I, the Navy does it as well. Look into it. Um, get in touch with a recruiter, um, and then you know they can explain. They can explain kind of the details uh, of it to you. Well, guys, uh, thank you for thank you for listening, and and I'd love to thank Major Bryant one more time for being on the show today and sharing his insights. And uh, from me and and all of my listeners, we we salute you, and we we're very grateful for your service to our country and to you know the the communities where you live and and all the lives that you've touched. So thank you once again. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, stay tuned for some more episodes uh, coming in the future. We've got some some awesome pharmacists to talk to and uh, some more tips and tricks about, about pharmacy school. Thanks for being loyal listeners, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.